Hello and welcome to all the lads and lasses from Wilds End Biker Whitley Beer. This is the Miles Offside podcast where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, my name's Charlie Bailey and I can't keep doing this. Uh, where's the bacon? And you're listening to one of our pre-season special pods. Uh, if you couldn't tell, um, because normally people think I sound like Ian anyway uh, on this pod. Thanks, Oscars family. Um, we are doing another one of our Patreon pre-season specials this week we're talking about Newcastle now you may be thinking we don't have anyone that supports Newcastle and you'd be right but we thought it's it's such a big story we need to bring someone in a much loved person so please welcome Mr Tom Townley how are you Chuck lad how are you gunning I gunning good mate gunning good um that's all I've got seriously uh I can't even leave it like on the pod how are you? <laughs> Here at last. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done too. Yeah. Cool. That, that, we did well. We did we well. never found the beacon. Um, no. So you are a Bolton fan, yes? Yes. 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 You've got Bolton and Newcastle. They line up like, you know, perfectly, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. You're going to have to help me join the dots here. What is, apart from me, you know, you obviously being a bloody lovely bloke. Um, why are you here? Uh, for nothing else to do, is there really? A bit warm and uh, evening to myself, so might as well. <laughs> no, I'm I'm here because, as you say, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bolton fan by right. Um, have been since I had the ability to sort of choose allegiance back when I was a 10, 11 year old or something. Um, however, I went to university in Newcastle. And a long story short, I spent all my student loan before I realised I had to then pay for accommodation through the summer. <laughs> yep. As you do. Um, do. And decided uh, I need a job. And I had a friend who was working at a pub. And she said, oh, do you want to come up? They're hiring. I said, yeah, why not? And I went and worked at the Strawberry, which if anyone knows Newcastle, is a very, well, quite a small pub, but right on the corner of the Gallagher and East Stand of St. James's Park. So it was match days, you know, European nights, all the all the big games back then, uh, 2005-ish. I was going to say, you, you are showing your age then if you're talking about yeah. Newcastle and European nights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a better time. Um, but yeah, I worked there and um, you kind of have to get involved with it, don't you? So um, for three years, I was definitely a... Mm-hmm. A steady Newcastle fan after Bolton, of course. Of course. Um, but as time's gone on, I, I've drifted definitely. Um, but still, you know, I still prefer them to do well than not well. Gotcha. Um, okay. So that that's my that's my tenuous so link. If as, you like. as someone that only my my only real knowledge of Newcastle is from via football, really. As mm. someone who's lived up there, what's what's it like? What's the connection to the city with football in general? I live in Manchester at the moment, so you've got City, you've got the Scum, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all make out that this big, like, oh, yes, huge football city, etc. But it is absolutely nothing compared to Newcastle. The mood of the city is defined by Saturday at three o'clock. Right. If Newcastle win, everywhere you go for the next seven days, everyone's really happy. Everyone's very chatty. They'll talk to you about the match. They'll talk to you about the next match coming up. Everything is sunshiny. Mm-hmm. If you lose... It's not so fun. You know, yeah. again, it, I think it kind of depends on the match and the manner of the defeat and yada, yada, yada. But generally speaking, that, that, that whole city is, um, is defined by the results of the football. Um, you go out in big market after a match and they've won, everyone's happy. The fights are generally jovial. <laughs> if you go out in big market 
after they've lost, <laughs> the fights probably end up in a lot more sort of police action, etc. Et <laughs> right, okay. Just give, to give you an idea, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, Newcastle fights, police activity. There, there have been no famous documented cases of that in the last few years, of course. No, I don't. Uh, I don't believe that the Newcastle fans have ever got on the wrong side of the law and generally sort of public surrounding and assaulted any farmyard animals. No, 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 no. Working that animals happen, or not. Um, that happen. No, so it's fair to say this. That it kind of makes sense then. So what you said that like it is hugely impacted by football. Um, mm. So kind of going on, uh, I guess, similar to the way we did with Andy uh, when we did the Chelsea pod, this this one that we're doing is kind of based on a, on a takeover narrative as well. So mm. what what kind of thoughts do you have from, I mean, Newcastle last season and obviously the, the takeover that is definitely not the same Saudi Arabian, Arabian government um, or the country that has bought him. It's just the public wealth fund uh, that mm. has all of the money. Um, what are kind of your thoughts, your takes on that and kind of how that's been impacted by those that you know uh, that are Newcastle? I'm glad you cleared up the, the money issue there because there's been a bit of confusion in the past. Well, it's, it's a real grey area. Like we just mm. need to say it is not the kingdom of Saudi Arabia that own no. Newcastle no. United. I think they made it quite clear, to be honest, when, when they did the takeover. So yeah. And their that's, third that's, kit, and their third kit being the Saudi Arabia away kit, that's not a connection at all. No, no. I mean, green and white—it's it's the colour of Leeds Park, which is just behind St James's. So there you go. A football it, pitch is green and white. You know, yeah, um, easy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But no, no the, uh, the takeover. The, the Newcastle fans that I know um, and have spoken to—they they understand that it's definitely not the money of the. Saudi Arabian government, mm -hmm. and they understand sort of where it's come from. But I think, like you guys have said on the main pod several times, find me a clean, well-meaning yep. billionaire, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. Et and they have suffered one of the most miserable ownerships of God knows how long under Ashley. Um, watching their ground, their ground literally crumble around them because yeah. he's done zero maintenance and absolutely nothing outside of buying some very lukewarm players and selling nobody particularly to make any sort of headway. So the fact that they all, all of a sudden have this huge open opportunity to really make something of their club, I 100% get why there were the scenes that we saw when the takeover happened. You know, everybody yeah. out there with the flags and, you know, dressing up, yeah, probably not the best. But no. still, um, you know, in the heat of the moment, I can totally understand it from their side of it. And likewise, I think they're relatively... I mean, Twitter might tell you differently, but <laughs> relatively understanding that, yeah, you're not signing Mbappe. You know, this this isn't going to be an overnight, right, we sign all the big players and we win the Champions League. It's going to take time. Um, and I think because we've seen it before, we've seen it with City in particular, um, where they suddenly have this huge influx of money um, and they've gone from a very middle-of-the-road, mid-table, mm -hmm. you know, best kind of team to suddenly best team in the world. I think there's a bit of a blueprint that they've seen in the past and can think, right, okay, well, this is what they did. We can do the same. Um, and that probably yep. takes a little bit of pressure off the team to suddenly work miracles and, you know, end up second, third in the league, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's the Man City, obviously we have PSG as well that were kind mm. of the state-owned analogue. Um, but City in, in this country, that's the, the most kind of the closest that we've got to this uh, in, in recent times, especially. So what, are there any kind of similarities you've seen in City setting, starting out and buying players to what Newcastle were doing at the minute? Yeah. 
Not so much the buying players, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at City, um, they, I think about 2008, they would say they, they had their uh, their big takeover, and it took mm-hmm. them four years to win the Prem after that. So first season after they got the yep. money, they came 10th, then 5th, then 3rd, I think, and then they won it, won it. They also won an FA Cup, and they got into the Champions League. Yep. So that was sort of all the boxes tick, 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 tick. Um, we've done that in four years, happy days. And in that time, they spent a shitload of money. Um, like <laughs> do, you, do, you have, do you have the breakdown of that, or is that... I don't have the full breakdown. Um, <laughs> just went for the full the first oh. the first season, um, the first summer summer transfer season. They spent about over a hundred million on Gareth Barry, Roque Santa Cruz, Colo Torre, Emmanuel Adebayor, Carlos Tevez, Carlos Tevez, and Julian Lescott. So they very much said, "Here's a ton of money. Let's go yeah. out and buy some." fairly recognized players who all do their jobs and can, you know, yeah. galvanize the team really well. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. And then, you know, after that, you had Aguero, Balotelli, Yaya, Torre, Silva, etc. All these names sort of followed. Yeah, exactly. So, the big names. Yeah, exactly. And after they won uh, won the league in 2012, to next season, they stopped spending, like hugely massive drop-off in their spends. And it But they was... probably remembered if F- or FFP came in about then or something. <laughs> Yes, because that knows. stops them, doesn't it? Generally, yeah. that that's... It definitely does. It's stopping Barca, <laughs> so it's fine. Oh, your God, there's a whole other podcast for you. Um, Levers. Yeah, absolutely. But no, once they stopped spending, it became noticeable. They didn't really challenge for the league. They got knocked out in the like, qualifiers or first round of Champions League, and mm-hmm. they lost the FA Cup to Wigan. Yes. I mean, who loses an FA Cup to Wigan? Um, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the, the money kind of then started up again and it was yeah okay we have to pay to play here um and you sort of got into that routine i think now they've you know they've become such a huge force now that you can yeah you know, they can ease back i mean they've, i think they've done the hard work but newcastle are gonna have to probably follow a similar similar sort of trend if that's what they're looking i to mean do. I, i'd argue the difference is because did the city takeover come in the summer uh, i feel like I it was out it would, of season yes, it, it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, or very close to the end of the um, mm-hmm. the season. Right, okay, because I, I can see a lot of similarities then in what Newcastle have done, at least in the winter. I mean, players like Kieran Trippier, Chris Wood, mm-hmm. Dan Byrne, uh, Matt Target are all really decent quality, all improved the squad of Newcastle whilst not necessarily being like the best in their positions in the world. Um, I'd argue that Chris Wood was simply used to torpedo Burnley and isn't a very good player. But, yeah, you know. I mean, yes, that too. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, Bruno Guimaraes is kind of the big one there that was a big surprise to a lot yeah. of the stats stats nerds and, and people who knew uh, Ligue 1 a lot better than, than we did, but he's kind of already shown his quality a bit. And now mm. this window, I mean, if you look on Twitter, they're being linked with literally everyone, um, yes. as is to be expected. Uh, from from the richest club in the world, but I think again, you know, they've made Matt Target a permanent signing. Uh, they brought in Sven Botman, the centre back who they needed. They brought in Nick Pope again, just stripping Burnley, um, yeah. and and who knows where else they're going to improve. So, uh, I mean, I think there's kind of similarities there, right? They've spent sixty million according to um, transfer marked this this summer already, um, but it's going to be a lot more surely. Oh there's yeah, big it, spending today. They've I mean, they've they've basically done away with the whole back line, haven't they? And refreshed that, mm-hmm. um, which is what they needed to do. I mean, they were conceding tons of goals um, yep. and not scoring a huge amount, which is why why they were 
struggling so much. Yep. And if you look at the, you know, what happened after the takeover and how, et cetera, et cetera, you look at the um, the stats on that, then that's what they did. They they showed up at the back and they stopped losing games, started drawing games and then moved them on to wins. So that was, they did exactly what they needed to do to start with. And now I think they really need to move into the, getting some strikers, getting some attacking mids. They've got Gimarish who's, yeah, as I say, proven himself very quickly and become mm-hmm. a massive fan favourite. They've got the talent of St. Maximin and, and you know, various others who... Callum Wilson, if he stays fit, always the same asterisk yeah. over, over Callum yeah, Wilson. Absolutely. If, if you get if you get premium Callum Wilson, you, you, you're golden, but you get him for six weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. you, you need, I mean, he'd be a brilliant backup, you know, so he doesn't have to play all the minutes, he doesn't have to get injured. But a backup to who? You know, they need to... They need to sign someone, and they've been yeah. linked with, as, as you say, pretty much everyone. But Alexander Isaac, I, I think, think today, is the only today, yeah, Alexander Isaac. I've seen stuff that they're putting in bids for Jack Harrison, which is an interesting mil, one yeah. for, I for Leeds. I, don't, I can't see Leeds getting rid of Rafinha, Phillips, and Harrison in this window like that. That I mean, no. that's a whole separate podcast again. But a tw- that's twenty-four one. million is is cheap. Yeah, you know, it is. I think for Jack Harris, I think that'll get turned away straight away. Definitely, but, uh, potentially <laughs> Ivan Tony. They trying to get him back. Yeah, um, can't recommend him, can you though? He guy just can't recommend. He, can't Ian recommend. can't. I can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the you know it's hard to comment on the Twitter and transfer sagas. But I think yeah. it's fair to say you know Newcastle probably going to hold out for a little while and and make some more decent signings and then probably splash big on on some punts um, as I, they were. The one that's the most interesting to me is uh, Lucas Paqueta. Um, Paqueta. The guy from Paqueta, the guy from Leon. Um, yeah. Brazil international attacking midfield. Where's the number 10 for Brazil? Now, I did a, obviously did some research for this and I had a look at him on, on YouTube. Um, oh, classic, yeah. Look, looks was good. it, was it a good. welcome to Arsenal Football Club montage? Because that's no, usually no, where you see them because they think they're signing everyone. No, no, that's that's not the one. Yeah, just some sort of like silhouettes in the background of who it could possibly be, um, <laughs> and no reveal. No, he was, but he, he looks good. He's like he's quite. He's got a big frame. He's got speed. He's got te- um, skills. You know, he's got running in and out. He can finish. He can assist. He's you know yeah. done pretty well. He's scoring about one in three, one in four for an attacking mid um, at okay. Leon Brazil. He scores and important goals. In connection important with Gimenez, well. obviously playing together before. <laughs> Absolutely. Both Brazilian, like that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he, you know, if, if he's got a bit more final product than St. Maximum, then, yeah. put, you know, him in there as well, then that, that looks looks a bit more frightening. Because, I mean, I love St. Maximum. He's brilliant to watch. He's a character. He's great on Twitter. He's The, yep. the fans absolutely love him. But his, his final... His final delivery is not he's, quite he's there. He's fine in the team. The way he plays at the minute, I think he's fine in the team that's battling relegation and needs one person. Mm-hmm. But I watched last year, and as Newcastle became a better, more competent team, which isn't necessarily saying much, that is very much a backhanded <laughs> no. compliment. Um, <laughs> yes. And I still don't like Eddie Howe, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Mm. Um I thought they looked better and played better without him in the team because he didn't need to be doing 800 step overs and trying to dazzle people to get other people up the pitch with him. Like they were already there. So it's just about them moving the ball um, and becoming a bit more efficient. But, Hmm. you know, we we say about the way they changed uh, system. Um, Eddie Howe came in on the 8th of November uh, in 2021 uh, he was there for 27 games so a good chunk and uh, they got 44 points in that time uh, which mm-hmm. would have been good enough for sixth 
um, at that point. Same if you'd have extrapolated that over the season, they would have finished sixth on about 62 points, uh, which would have been ahead of Man United, um, which is nice. It's always nice. Always nice. Um, and I definitely didn't expect it and didn't want it because I don't like Eddie Howe. I don't trust him. He reminds me of Alan Pardew. And I don't think he's going to be there very long if anything doesn't go right. He's um, not a five and a half year contract then. Uh, I believe Alan Pardew's was a seven and a half year, but that was What's to do. Uh, I'm going to have to say allegedly on this, I guess, not that we're ever going to get super liable, but apparently mm. he had massive gambling debts and they paid him off and he was only on about 30, 40k a year as a Newcastle manager. And that's why Fine. things went downhill. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, can okay. you see, I mean, if if things go wrong, they're not going to stick by how, right? They only gave him a two no. and a half year contract anyway. So that's, you know, buy out, see you later. No, I, I think the thing with how is... He's, he's kind of done it a bit before. He's been in the Prem before. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a relatively modern way of looking at stuff and he can get a team together and moving in the same direction. But I think that's all he's really good for. You know, he's not going to be taking them to the heights that they're going to be aiming for. You know, he's not going to be yeah. firing them into Europe and beyond, you know, winning cups, etc. But he's probably the person to steady the ship and start pointing them up the table. I mean, I can't remember where I've put them in the Predictor League, but it's somewhere between 7th and ninth, 7th, 8th, ninth, somewhere in there. Um, yep. I don't see that they're going to make huge steps, but they want to be getting in the mix with Leicester and West Ham and United and Arsenal. I put Spurs slightly above that group. Um, you did. Jeff you put, you put Spurs. I mean, you, you. I've got your Predictor League here and you actually did put Newcastle 8th. Oh, um, you did also predict yourself to win the Golden Boot, though, so pinch of salt. <laughs> With your Never predictions. Never stop believing, Never Chuck. stop believing. It could happen. Newcastle are in for everybody, so... This is true. Just when the call comes... Release yourself they, a little montage. <laughs> yeah, after they've heard this, they'll be like, right, okay. Um, this guy. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't read the T's and C's on that one. Um, but, yeah, I think Howe can get them in the right direction, but mm-hmm. I think they were, they're going to need to sign someone with more experience yeah. at the really top level. I mean, to they're, building, they're building everything around them. I mean, people, as much as I, uh, you know, no secret, I absolutely hate Brighton, um, mm. but their old sporting director, Dan Ashworth, um, you know, he had links to the FA as well, which is why they got so many good decisions. Um, but he's been pinched uh, by Newcastle as well, which I think is a good thing because mm-hmm. it, it's fair penalties. to say the people at the very top um they aren't necessarily going to be football people in that way and you don't want or Newcastle fans certainly don't want another Man United situation where you've got owners that are distant and don't understand I don't think they would be like that um you know Man United are very much an exception to that that kind of thing mm. um the owners are making quite a good effort, to be honest, to really engage with the fans. And they really with commit the... into the sports washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, the, you know, Amanda Stavely pops up all over the place, shaking hands and yeah. saying all the right things. And they, they, at the moment, anyway, obviously it's all new, etc. They, they do seem to be making that effort, and the, the fans are, you know, generally quite on board with it all. Um, and as a fact, it's quite an before, easy sell after Mike Ashley it, it throwing yeah, up I mean... in fireplaces. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that guy i mean what a man oh, saving the, the high street he didn't buy derby ch- in the end did he what a shame no derby've got a chance um <laughs> but uh hopefully not this season i'm gonna stuff him i'm peterborough scum um but um but yeah i think i think that yeah howell howell get he'll probably get this season and keep them somewhere in the top half maybe get into a quarterfinal semi-final of some cup cup etc 
and there'll be enough belief and enough sort of, oh, we might just get there to keep everyone on board, yeah. but then realistically some will come round and they'll really want to start signing big names next year, I think. They'll want to be trying to, you know, really push the boat out a bit and you're not going to drag people in by saying, ooh, come on, be managed by mm-hmm. how yeah probably not i mean you know he's good for kind of galvanizing that system i think but Mm. yeah i've got at the minute i've got newcastle 10th um i think that's Mm -hmm. probably a uh similar to yourself a justification that you know you kind of take the teams in clusters um i think they i mean leicester are in a fairly bad spot for them they have to sell to buy at the minute so i can yeah lots of links to telemans as well telemans madison madison going as well Um, the old Newcastle buy your opponent's players mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, could could work out quite nicely. Well, one of my favourite transfers was that Emmanuel Dennis and Maxwell Corne have been offered them. As in, we literally don't want them. Please take them and give us some money. <laughs> Which uh, I thought said quite a lot for their performances last season. Oh, that's a shame. Because Emmanuel Dennis mm. was Watford's top scorer, wasn't he? So it says a lot. Uh, um, triple captain for minus two or something, I seem to remember. Uh, Nightmare. Uh, it'd be minus six, wouldn't it? So, um, I can't remember. <laughs> talking of FPL. Talking of FPL, yeah. I think that's a natural, nice segue. So I think we're both fairly set on Newcastle breaking into the top half, which again kind of matches with what you said City first year after buyout hitting 10th. I don't, I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, no, I can not equally, at all. I can equally see them finishing sixth. Um, just, Ooh, I, I think that would be a stretch. I'd be amazed if they got that far. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we other teams have, have strengthened well, but I think you know, in that mid pack cluster, things can happen. You know, you you yeah. only have to be consistent. Um, yeah, really. West so if, Ham did it for a good while, didn't they? Leicester obviously did. And yeah, yeah. No, it, it could happen. I I'll be very surprised, but you, you never know. Yeah. Um, but FPL, FPL, um, FPL, Fantasy Premier League. Have you looked at any Newcastle players? Are you thinking about them? Do you have any in your team? Uh, I have Mr. Gimaresh in my team. Oh, um, yeah. At the moment, I believe. God knows for what, what, it, for what it's worth. We're Absolutely nothing, but, you know. 20th of July we're recording now, so you're on, uh, you've got about another 30 different drafts to go, I believe. At least, yeah. No, Newcastle's an interesting one. There are, There's definitely some options in there, but... With their start to the season, I think they're very much going to be a first wildcard team. They they've got Liverpool, they've got City, they've got Wolves away. Um, Easy as well, yeah, as well as uh, Forest and another one. I can't remember. Brighton, who was, Brighton. Oh yeah, that team, seaweed. Um, so you know, <laughs> good good, good start um, for two games. So if you want to really start off with someone and then jump off, they've got people in the price bracket mm. that would allow you to do so. I'd um, argue that your Newcastle players are probably going to be a rotation anyway. So mm. those two, the City and Liverpool, I mean, Wolves I'm not concerned about um, at all. I, my, my, as, as yes, Andy Pemprace will note, I, I, yeah, they're, they're awful and they, they have done nothing to change my opinion on that. Um, but then obviously after the City and Liverpool, Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford, uh, you know, this is a tasty run for the first That's half. Tasty run, yeah. But exactly like you said, a, a, a wild card or whatever up to uh, when does the World Cup start? Game week sixteen, I believe. Something like yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a good run in that sort of second block where there's there's a variety of people you might actually consider. I mean, they've obviously they bought Nick Pope in, um, mm. and as we all know, he's FPL gold when he's when he's on form. Yep, um, five million, so achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, even against the likes of City and Liverpool, you're hoping for save points, BPS, etc., etc. Um, 
he could he could ride through that and still still get you sort of three or four through those as well as some good points against the the, the lesser teams. Um, you've got Trippier defense. Obviously, he's on his free kicks, yep. um, etc. Which is the big pull for him. I've seen him in quite a lot of drafts actually that I've uh, seen around. Um, yeah, and he was out injured for so long last season. He's kind of possibly under the radar to the the casual player. Um, but not the football perverts. They not know. the football perverts, yeah. No, they know. Um, and then there's a sort of sea of 4.5s. Um, I had um, Cher quite a bit at the end of last season. He came up trumps mm-hmm. with a few goals and the odd assist here and there um, when they were winning games and keeping clean sheets. He did actually go off injured in the pre-season against Mains, but they said it's just like a calf crampy thing, so likely to, to still be starting but again they've got so many defenders now it depends if they're going start. to yeah I mean you'd think you can't imagine Botman's coming not to start no um, Dan Byrne was was good for them so he'll probably be their target and, and Trippier it's just whether they go for a, a three at the back type thing but yeah there's, there is actually looking at them there's a there's lot of defenders of there there's, I, yeah. I'd expect people like Lascelles um, to, to get moved on um Probably not Richie because you know Eddie Howe loves him. He looks like a little Gordon Ramsay. Half Um, of the Bournemouth team. But I I think you're right. There's there's definitely value to be had um, in a lot of teams this year. And Newcastle, if we are expecting them to be a top half team, more attacking, um, Mm. it'd be good value there. Yeah, and Gimerez. I like Gimerez at six million. I've had I've had him in one one draft so. He got he scored five, got one assist in about a thousand minutes. So from someone who just came into a new squad, a bit like Diaz at Liverpool, yeah, he seemed yeah. to fit in very quickly. Very similar sort of direct play and you know opening things up and, and being aggressive. So if that's what they're going to aim towards, I think he's a very good outlet for that. And as again at six million, he's a, he's a bargain really. Um, so he, he's the top tip and up front. There we go. You know you. Wilson is 1.5 million more than Chris Wood. And worth like, every pence of that. <laughs> if he's fit. Yeah, but 7.5, you can have Watkins. You can spend half a million more for someone like you know Twitter's, Twitter's darling Gabriel Jesus mm. um, or half a mil less for Ivan Tony. So I just can't see why you would why you would spend money on Wilson, who is injury prone and likelihood is within you know, the next month will be replaced. It's just whether he takes up the Aguero mold of in FPL. When he's fit, own him. The second he gets any sort of small injury, get rid because you know it's going to be exaggerated and take longer, which happened a lot of times. And Eddie Howe yeah. is, is an absolute bastard for not talking about injuries and not being helpful to an FPL player. Let's just say that. Oh, I remember the Ryan Fraser injury. He scored a hat-trick. I benched him. Because uh, Eddie Howard said, God knows what he'd said. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, spot on with that one. Yep. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, again, he's in the bracket. There's plenty around him. So, you can jump on and off quite quite easily with him. Yeah. Um, but I personally won't be won't be touching him. But the main thing to take out of that is don't trust Eddie Howe. Yes. Tom, yeah. it's been an absolute Good. pleasure talking to you about uh, Newcastle. Uh, uh, we didn't even talk about it. You're even enjoying a, a lovely brown ale, aren't you? Mm. I am. It is It is delicious and refreshing. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much to all of you. We'll be back soon with a, another guest. We've got plenty of teams lined up. Uh, get in touch with me on Twitter if you support a team. Uh, I don't think I've got anyone for Villa, Wolves, Leicester, Palace, if you want to talk to me. Uh, Man United, if you're that way inclined. Oof. Oof, that's a tough gig. Yeah, I wouldn't be bothered with that. Um, 
But yes, thank you very much, Tom. You can join us on Patreon. There's plenty of stuff uh, going on. Predictor League, check out our Twitter, at MilesOffsidePod. Take care and bye-bye. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. And thank you, everybody else involved with the pod who puts it all together and takes the time. It's uh, You put a lot of effort in. I think everyone uh, appreciates it. Join the Slack, guys. And come and have a chat. Yeah, £5 in the post to Tom. Cheers. Bargain. Bye. Cheers. Bye.